Welcome to this message from Life Assembly, a thriving church in the northwest suburbs of Minneapolis. Please visit us online at lifemn.org for more information. And now join us as we pursue Jesus together. You know, the uncertainty of the, the future, change, worry, and anxiety has a, has a way of wearing us down. Yeah, even the most secure people. I think that we could all relate with that. We've seen people who we've considered super secure and strong, and we've seen them shaken in the last few months, even our, ourselves. And, um, you know, we're, we're feeling the upheaval. And I just want to say to you, if you are feeling a stirring and you're, you're feeling like things are unsettled, can I just encourage you to do something radical with your hair instead of something else? Just color your hair, cut it, braid it, I don't know, shave your eyebrows off. They'll come back eventually. <laughs> right? I, I love my mom. My mom, she, she dealt with a lot, and, and she was our Sunday school teacher, and she, she dealt with us. We had a rowdy group in North Dakota, you know, all these rowdy boys, and nobody wanted to teach them, so she was brave enough. And uh, I went through a little time of doing some really crazy things with my hair, and um, you would have been interceding for me had you saw me at that time. And uh, I remember we came into Sunday school and all the boys were looking at my mom. What is she going to say? What is she going to say? What, how is she going to defend her son? And she just said, there could be a lot worse things done than some silly hair. And I thank my mom for having that kind of a mindset and allowing me to be a, kind of ridiculous and have some fun with it. And you know what? I think for us, we have built, in some of our cases, a lifetime of character and integrity and let's not ruin it, okay? So color your hair if you need to, if that'll help you. Color, color your hair. But I, I have seen this. I've seen this in churches. I, I've seen it in homes, in workplaces, in family dynamics. Uh, friends that have been friends for so long are all of a sudden being separated. And we need to keep in mind that this is a political season. And the divisiveness is partly in place because of that. People are trying to get votes. They're trying to separate and make distinctions. And it is causing people, even people in the church, to be fighting. And that is not the way that Christ has told us to live. And in fact, he has prepared you for this. Your discipleship, following Christ, becoming more like him, is preparation for times like this. This is where us as believers, as Christians, are supposed to separate. Scripture says, come out from among them and be separate. We should be leading the way in security and in unity. And I want to remind you of that. And I'm also going to remind you with our series, with what Peter has been saying. What Peter has been saying is that I want you to recall this. I want you to remember it. You need to, I want you to be reminded for when I'm not here anymore, it's in you. And we've been talking about the virtue ladder, Peter's virtue ladder, and because we have been talking about the need to partake in who Christ is. And as Peter says that we need to be reminded, I am in turn reminding you that these things are important for us. 
Who is Peter? Peter is a disciple of Jesus. He was one of the three, one of the tightest with Christ, and he was normal. He was a normal guy that God did amazing things with, which encourages me because it says that, hey, God can even do something with me, and he can do something with you. That's who Peter was, a normal family man, a fisherman, who was an entrepreneur, who had a business, who dropped everything to follow Jesus. He messed up. He didn't always know what Jesus was doing, and yet he would get back on track, and God still used him to be able to say, somebody like you I can use to build this church. And that's why we are talking about this. The scripture says in 2 Peter that we are to be partakers partakers in the nature of Christ. And these are the things that we are talking about. So we started with virtue or goodness, and then we stepped up to knowledge and understanding that was the next step on on the ladder. And then the next step was self-control because you need to have self-control, friends. And I, honestly, last week I, I said to you, even though it was the 4th of July and it was, it was kind of sparse in here and COVID, all that, you know, I, I, I said to you, this is I'm kind of afraid of talking to you about self-control because I have to meddle a little bit, right? You got to meddle when we're talking about self-control. You can't just do a big, broad brush. We have to get uncomfortable together. But we cannot take the next step without this self-control. And I, I was thanking the Lord that this is the word that we were on today with the discussion that we've had to have earlier. And the word is steadfastness. Or the way that some um, interpret it is patient endurance. You can't get to endurance without self-control. You can't grab on to something without self-control and hold tightly to it. I, I, um, you know, I, I play basketball. I, I like basketball. It's fast-moving. You're doing something. And just running, I would get so bored. It's like, what, what am I going to do? Where am I going? You're on a treadmill. You go nowhere. I mean, where's the joy in that? You're in one place, friends. You know, at least go out. I could understand being out in nature, right? And I had a friend of mine saying, hey, I was going to do a half marathon in Fargo. Why don't you join me? And I thought, well, that can't be that bad, right? I, I play basketball. I, I, I like to run. And I, I feel like I could do that all day, right? A little sp- just go, go, go. And so I started to train, and it was actually shortly before I came here. And if some of you remember, um, in 2017, I had a knee surgery shortly after. I tore my meniscus. My training, and this is what I realized, is that I had never really done endurance training. And I started realizing how much of it is actually in your head. And I know some of you are like, well, duh, I mean, obviously. And I'm, I just, that's just not um, an activity that I enjoyed or ever really did. Okay? Our Demels aren't really known for running in people. We are more ground pounders. And so I, I found myself trying to train, and I, and I called my friend. I'm like, my head is not in this game. And I started to, even though I got injured and things, but I I had to really start preparing for this endurance. And Peter knows this. And he is saying to us, as Christians, 
You need to be able to get the mindset of endurance that this isn't a short race. This isn't something that just spurts out like, like the parable of the seed that was just thrown and the sun scorched it. It came up and then it bore no fruit because it wasn't well rooted into the ground. We are to be people of endurance that is in good, well-nourished soil so we can partake in the nourishment of who Christ is and who he has called us to be. On a week where our church family has been grieving and praying for dear friends and members of our church who are hurting, I love that our word is steadfastness because this is what we need to do. And so I just want to read a little bit of who God is. Our foundation is not on sinking sand. It's on the rock of ages who is our God. He is our mighty God, our fortress, our provider, our foundation, our rock, our hope, our rod, and our staff who comforts us. If he was Moses' friends, he is ours too. He was our deliverer. He's our defender. He's our king who prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. He is our shepherd. He is our all in all. He is our Messiah. He is our prince of peace, our joy in trouble. He is our shield. He is our refuge. He is our strength. He is our all-knowing, ever-present, never-changing God. He is the way. He is our way. He is our truth and our life. He is our door. He is our advocate. He is our righteousness. He is our justification. And thank the Lord, he is our resurrection. And he is our alpha and omega, which means he is the beginning and he is the end of all things. And in him we say amen and amen. In my life, along with many of you who have limped and crawled and wept through situations, I want to share with you a scripture that has given me great strength and courage when confusing times come and like times that we are in right now. This is found in Daniel chapter 3. And, and uh, if you were raised in a, in a church upbringing, you would, you would know this as a time when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were forced to bow down to the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar. Now, the Jewish people had uh, been conquered. They had been, these are some of the wise men that had been taken into the council of the king. And what they would do is they would train the Jewish people or the people that they conquered because they want the wisest men in all of the earth. And so they would train them in the way of, of the Babylonian ways and, and thinking. And the ones who came to the very top would then be um, available to the king for counsel. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were, had raised up to the point where the people of Babylon and the wise men were jealous of them. And so what would they do? Well, they are going to find a way to get rid of them. And so they convinced Nebuchadnezzar that they should build this image of him and force everybody to bow down to him. Remember, we're talking about steadfastness. Now, you know that you are people who have patient endurance when the people around you know <clears throat> that you are so committed to your God that you won't bow down. They made this whole thing happen so that they would not bow down, be committed to their God, and so that they would die. And so sure enough, <clears throat> when the horns played and when it was time for everyone to bow down to the statue of King Nebuchadnezzar, here is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, steadfast, firm, loyal, holding on to who they know is God. And in this 
moment in this time, they are warned, we're going to blow the trumpet again. And if you do not bow down, you are going to be going into this blazing furnace. Sure enough, steadfast once again, they stood there, not bowing down. They were brought before Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar tried to encourage them to behave. And their response was so upsetting to Nebuchadnezzar that he said, turn that thing up even higher. Get them out of my sight. And this is the response, and this is the response that I have held on to for many years. And, and the Lord gave this to me in, in a time many years ago when there was somebody in our church uh, that we were praying for, and they had cancer, and they were fighting, and the church had rallied behind him, and, and he died. And, and there was so much confusion, and, there, and people are like, Lord, we believed, we stood in faith. What do we do? How do we, how do we handle this? And, and this, is, this is what they said. He said, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. Faith. They, they didn't see it, right? The faith is the substance hoped for, yet the thing's unseen. They couldn't see their, the deliverance was, was going to happen, but they believed it and they said it. The God we serve is able to deliver us and he will deliver us. Faith again. And from your majesty's hand, but even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. This is our posture, friends. This is people who, of faith who are steadfast that, Lord, we trust you in this situation. Lord, we are standing firm in this situation. And we believe that you are going to bring breakthrough in this situation. But if not, you are still God. Even if I don't understand your ways, because Scripture says that his ways are higher than our ways. And did you know that there's this verse in Deuteronomy 29, 29, that says, the secret things belong to the Lord. There are things that you and I don't understand. There are things that you and I will never know until maybe we're with God. I don't know how that works, but I have a lot of questions, and I'm really hoping I have this question answer time. That's a side note. But it still needs to be our posture. Our posture as Christians need to be like these young Jewish boys, steadfast, firm, constant, immovable, Firm, loyal, prepared, and I love this one, made ready. Friends, you have been made ready. Your discipleship process, you have been made for difficult times. You have been made for difficult times. This is why we are disciples. We are children of the Most High. We are being made in the image of God. These are the nature that we are becoming more like him. I have a few scriptures for us as, as we're going to end here. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Friends, some of you have given of yourselves your entire lives. 
you have been steadfast, you've been consistent, and you've turned back and you've asked yourself at times, and I've asked myself at this at times, saying, Lord, has this done any good? Is there any fruit from this? And I love this. Look at the last uh, seven words in this. Knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. I believe that somebody here needs to hear this today. You who have given of yourself, you who have given and given and given, and maybe you feel like you've been taken advantage of through the years, your labor is not in vain. God sees it. God sees you. Colossians 2.5, For though I am absent in the body, yet I am in spirit with you, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Lastly, Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Would you please stand? Peter's ladder of virtues are built on the foundation of God's character. And this is what we are supposed to be replicating, the character of God. Worship team, would you please come on up? John said something to me that really struck me. He said a number of things to me, but something that I I want us to be thinking about today. And I, I want us to be thinking about this in terms of our relationship with Jesus and where we stand with him. He said, in a minute and a half, my life was turned upside down. And we're all a minute and a half from our lives be turned upside down. We know this. And so my question for you is, how are you with Jesus? Because as a church, the most important thing to us is your relationship with Jesus. The thing that matters to us is that you are in right standing with Christ. And so I have a question for you. If you just want to bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment, If you are in a place in your life where you are like, you know what, I am not right with Christ, I am not right with him, and I need to make things right right now, I want you to just look up at me, you can wave at me, but I want an opportunity to be able to pray with you. Thank you. I'm just going to give you one more moment. Jesus. Heavenly Father, we know that you are good. We know that you are faithful. Lord, I pray that we are people that stand firm in who you are. I pray that we are people committed to you. Lord, I pray that each one of us here are able to walk in the ways that you've put before us, that we can be partakers of your nature individually but corporately. In your holy name we pray, the church said, amen. We're going to sing a song together, and then I'm going to come up and close out. You've been listening to a message from Life Assembly. Connect with us online at lifemn.org. And thanks for listening.